everyone, welcome back to another episode of Journalist Talk. I'm your host, Bea Barros, and today I have here Chris Adler with me. She's a reporter for KFI. Hi, Chris. Welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Of course. And just so everybody can get to know you a little better, and I do that to all of my guests, can you give us a brief biography about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I actually am born and raised in L.A., and um, now I live closer to the Orange County area. But I grew up in, in L.A., went to the same high school um, where the Beach Boys went at Hawthorne High, and um, kind of grew up in the South Bay area, just south, uh, just southeast of um the LAX airport. So very much a beach girl, but, um, you know, I have lived in other places. I've lived in Hawaii, Washington state, Nevada. Um, but I always end up coming back to LA. And, um, as a kid, I grew up watching reporters like Christine Devine and Colleen Williams anchors that I just really looked up to and always had a dream of becoming a journalist. But my path was a little bit more unconventional where, I ended up becoming a mom, and I finished school after becoming a mother. I have two young boys, Evan and Connor, who are five and seven. And uh, I actually just graduated from college about a year and a half ago. So, and, you know, and I'm 36 now, so I was an older student. So my path was a little bit different, but I think that it made me a much better student and a, a much better reporter now having this life experience. Wow. I didn't know half of this about you, and now I'm so happy to have you and share this a little bit here. I know that you are also a law student, and you're into or working with investigative journalism. Can you tell me and everyone else here listening to us a little bit about how these two roads can collide? Yeah, so I actually started working in law, um, just happened to fall into it, but I was I was always interested in it. You know, I was interested in becoming an attorney at one point and went to law school. I have about a year, about one year of law school under my belt. And law does tie in a lot into journalism because there is a lot of investigating, exposing the truth, um, writing, speaking. And so, you know, the two can certainly cross over and into each other. Um, and I, you know, there was a point, like I said, where I, I really wanted to be a prosecutor and I wanted to to be a voice for the voiceless. And I say the same thing in journalism, you know, I like to be a voice for the voiceless. And in that way, you know, you can fight for people and you can be a voice and you can you can speak the truth and investigate the truth. And so in that in those two ways, those two professions are very much alike. But I ultimately decided to just stick with reporting because you know, with law, I would be bound to one area, whereas in reporting, I can cross over into any realm, into any profession, and I can learn about any area of life, and not. And every day is different for me. So for me, reporting made much more sense, even though I really appreciate law and, you know, was very fond of it. Yeah. And why you didn't start with journalism? Why didn't you start with reporting? You went first for law. Well, I always wanted to be a reporter, but I started working in law because I hadn't had my uh, bachelor's degree yet. And, you know, to be a reporter, you have to go to school and you have to finish school. But I was still trying to, I had to work and I had to support my kids. 
And so working in law gave me an opportunity to make a good living um, and also be, and also work in a profession that was respectable and gave me an opportunity to do some investigation and to do writing and speaking um, and drafting legal documents. So I, I would have gone into reporting if I would have had my degree sooner, but you know, that was something that I was working towards. So the goal was always to get into reporting, um, but working in law was kind of just doing what I had to do while I was finishing school. Yeah, that is so interesting because you're like, I don't know which person that tells me that had like somewhat of a relationship with law or, you know, worked on it, wanted to be a lawyer. I myself wanted to be a lawyer before I was like, oh, no, journalism is for me. Because I thought that with journalism, I would be <laughs> way, like, I would have more freedom to to write what I want and, like, portray a little bit of what I represent and everything else uh, instead of law. So I think it's interesting, like, this fine line that journalists and law students like to go through it it's it's interesting for me because everybody talks that they want it to be one so it, it's just like it's a fun relationship <laughs> it is and it is interesting as you say and I used to work for an attorney uh she was a prosecutor she was a deputy uh, a deputy district attorney and um well she she was a deputy district attorney she's an estate planning attorney now But she started off as a reporter, and she was working in Bakersfield as a reporter. And then she crossed over and became an attorney, you know. And so it is interesting, and a lot of there is a lot of crossover between the two because I think the level of accountability that we have to hold people to always remains the same, whether it's journalism or law. There's still a level of accountability that never goes away within these two professions. I also checked on your LinkedIn and I saw that you worked as a traffic anchor. And funny enough, I've never had anyone that worked with traffic here on my podcast. So you're the first one. And lately in the radio station here at CSUN that I work, we started doing uh, traffic reports. So I just want to know a little more about it, about this side of being a traffic anchor. Well, you know what? Actually, I got hired through iHeartMedia initially as a traffic reporter and that's what I was going to go into but I never even got the opportunity to give one traffic report before I was approached by Chris Little at KFI News to be a reporter and um and it was a hard decision because I was you know I was so grateful for total traffic and weather to give me an opportunity in my big break into the industry But to be completely honest with you, I never even got the chance to do it because I was pulled into KFI and and gladly, you know, and ultimately I wanted to be a field reporter. And that's what that's what my goal was. And being a traffic anchor was kind of my my way of getting my shoe in the door. But I didn't even have to go there because I was basically approached to be a reporter. And so it was a dream come true. And and I know not not very many people are that lucky where you can break into the LA market right out of college and have an opportunity like that. And so, you know what, I, I never gave a single traffic report and I got ripped right into, into reporting, but it was, you know, it was, it was such a blessing. 
Oh my, that is some story. <laughs> and well, congratulations for you for having like a very nice and interesting break in the industry. <laughs> But if they approached you for traffic, did you had uh, a reel on it? Did you had like some training on it, stuff publishing trafficking or or just like they approached you for your resume or something? That's a really good question. I I didn't. I, you know, and I, I think when I applied, I had used my broadcast newsreel, which is a compilation of different stories that I did, but none of it was traffic. So they actually asked me to do a mock traffic report. And I was like, oh my God. So, you know, years and years of listening to all of the radio stations in LA, I just mimicked what I had heard and what I remember and the points that they talked about. So I created my own traffic report, personalized it, you know, had fun with it and just remembered what I had heard other reporters do and how they would talk and what I thought was important. And it got me the job, which I was honestly so shocked about because I thought I was like, Oh my God, I totally tanked this. I was terrible but it actually worked. And, you know, they, they said they really loved my personality that came through. And, um, but yeah, so I had to just create my own mock traffic report. <laughs> It's what they say, you know, like I'm faking until you make it. And, uh, you know, yeah. you did, <laughs> you made it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'd never had intentions of being a traffic reporter. I was willing to do it though. Um, but I got very lucky I, I had to do zero days on the job and got my dream job. And, but I was so grateful to iHeartMedia because I, I still, it was a lateral move into another department under iHeartMedia. And I will always be, for, I will be forever grateful of the people who gave me that opportunity because it then opened the door for me to get in at KFI. And it probably wouldn't have happened if I wasn't already under the iHeart umbrella. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed this, you know, because I think like traffic and weather uh, anchors, they are never too much like brought up to light. And I think it's like two so interesting parts of journalism that I'm trying to get more into. I'm, I'm stepping up a little more with um, traffic, but you know, when we write our weather reports we never go too much in depth so when we had like all these storms i had like a little bit of more of like space to do like some weather like stuff so it's interesting <laughs> it is and you know what traffic and weather is a very important element to reporting and they i feel that they don't necessarily always get their dues but it is such an important element to journalism And as I've gotten older, oh my gosh, I have to have my weather and my traffic reports. And especially being in Los Angeles, you know, our reporters who are up in the sky in the helicopters and our traffic reporters like Angel Martinez, who just won a Golden Mic Award at the Golden Mics for her reporting, you know, it is, it's, it's essential and it gets people, it, it helps people. Um, we have the most, some of the most busiest freeways in the nation and having, people on the air who are helping us to navigate those roads and keeping us safe and, and keeping us abreast, you know, it is a very important job and it should never be discounted. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that. For all of you who are traffic or weather enthusiasts, here is like, 
your daily encouragement like <laughs> phrase of the day <laughs> absolutely and it is it is so important and um we need traffic and weather reporters it's not easy either could you imagine going up in the sky and and trying to figure out which which freeways run where and which passes <laughs> run where and what's going on it is it is not an easy job Yes, yes, indeed. And I saw that you were nominated for a Hearst Journalism Award on your Black Lives Matter um, story that you did as a fellowship of NBC Universal Academy. Do you want to talk a little bit more about this project and being nominated for this award? Yeah, so this award was a nomination through my professor, Rob Van Riel at Cal State Fullerton, who was my radio uh, radio reporting professor. It was an assignment that he had given us to do a feature report, and, um, and I was very proud of it. I worked really hard on it. I was able to speak to a family in Fullerton who had personally been affected by, um, you know, by... Um, I don't want to say not, not police violence, but by marginalization because of the color of their skin and racism and a young girl um, who was in elementary school who, you know, she had visited the Capitol and people called her the N-word, just a, a young girl that is completely innocent. And so it was a juxtaposition of, you know, George Floyd's experience versus what it's like to be black in America um, and so it was a very emotional piece, and I was very proud of it. I did not win that award, um, which was fine, because I did gain a lot of insight from the, the judges on how it could have been improved, and it was certainly a learning experience um, on how to to create real, authentic journalism. And so it was definitely a learning experience, but it was a piece that I was very proud of because um, I did put my entire heart and soul into that piece. Well, I think we're all very much proud of it for you. And, you know, you are not uh, too strange to awards since you got an RTNA Awards scholarship last year. And this year you went there as someone already in the industry. This is something that I want to copy <laughs> and do it myself. <laughs> you know, been there as a volunteer, been there as a scholarship recipient, and now I want to go there just like you were. Can you tell me, like, the feeling of just, like, one year indifference, you being, like, in the industry and being a student, how that, how that motivates you? It has been such a surreal experience, an almost out-of-body experience for me, um, because this is a dream that I've had as a child to be a reporter in L.A., covering the city that I grew up in. But to graduate college and be the, the first person in my family and generations to go to college, even as a, we're, we're about a fourth, fifth American, uh, fifth generation American, but I'm a first-generation college student, and I know that that sounds pretty crazy, but it's true. And I'm one of eight siblings, and I'm the only one to go to college and graduate high school out of eight siblings. And um, and so for me, this this was a surreal to graduate college, to earn these scholarships, but to to receive an RTNA first ever Carol Brashear's Memorial Scholarship, and she was the first news director in Los Angeles, and that was actually created for me 
um, through the board and our, our TNA. So I, it was such an honor to receive this award, but then to be invited back to the RTNA and be there in attendance as an actual reporter one year later. I mean, how many people can honestly say that that happened to them? And so, and I, it's so humbling and it's such an amazing experience. And it's something that I, I, I don't, I don't take for granted every day I wake up and I'm like, Oh my God, I put my badge on and I say, I'm a reporter in Los Angeles and my picture is there, but I, it's still sometimes it is still so hard to fathom and accept that this is my life. Um, and that I made it and I, I worked hard, but I made it, you know, and it's like, not everybody can wake up every day and do a job that they love to do. And I, I am so blessed to, to have that. And I, I, I don't think, I don't think that I could ever really put into words how amazing that this feels. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's going to humble you a little more, but after you told me that, like, oh, I was the first recipient, I did this, I came here back as an industry reporter, that is like such a motivation for me and a goal and inspiration of what I want to do. So I just want to thank you because like I think meeting you was really cool at the RTNA and I'm not just saying that because you're here. I'm just saying because, you know, it gave me motivation i'm trying to do like pieces that i can search for like an award or someone that can like give me more um feedback on my work as a journalist and you know after that day i was like you know what i have to step it up and i have to do like this this and that so thank you absolutely and and you know it's really hard because it, i mean just going to school and earning a degree is difficult and so everybody who's doing that should be so proud of themselves because if it was easy, everybody would have a degree and it's not. And journalism, journalism is a very hard field. You know, a lot of people have a misconception that, you know, you stand and you talk in front of a microphone and that's it. But that's only about 10% of it. There is so much more to it. And it is very difficult. It's very trying. I'm working on a story right now that has consumed me. I've been uh, emotionally affected by it, even though our job is to separate ourselves. I'm working on a story that is extremely taxing on me, and it's not easy. And I even questioned at one point, oh, my God, you know, this is an ugly business. You see some really, really deep ugliness. Um, and I thought, you know, I don't know. I've had my doubts, but, you know, ultimately, I, I keep my mind on the goal and that's to be a voice for the voiceless and it's going to hurt sometimes and it's going to be painful and it's going to be exhausting but we have a duty as a journalist to be that voice and sometimes it's really going to be really trying but it's worth it because we're giving that voice to the voiceless but it is not easy and I want to make sure everybody understands that that you know if you are somebody who needs to have consistency in your life and you need your day to be exactly the same every day and you need to know what to expect. This will never be the profession for you because there are no two days that will ever be the same, not even close to it. So I, you know, this, this is not for everybody and that's something to consider before you get into this field. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so good. So good. Wise words. I love that. And just like going back a little bit to your 
studying days. I saw that you were a president for the SPJ chapter of your school. Can you tell me more about how was this experience, how it enhanced your journalism, networking, and everything that you've been doing so far? Yeah, so being the president of the Society of Professional Journalists, the SUF chapter, um, you know, that was a big uh, piece of notoriety for me um, because, you know, being the president of a chapter like that, it's really significant. And um, being a member of the Society of Professional Journalists is something that is ongoing, and every journalist should be a part of this as a way of networking, but also refining our skills as journalists. And that was my goal when I joined. Um, and I was working under uh, Dr. Frank Russell, who was the faculty advisor for SPJ, who was a journalist and you know professor. I learned so much for him from him. Um, you know, regarding code of ethics as reporter, and he held us to a very high standard um, and journalism and how important it is to be honest, be truthful, make sure that you're stating the facts. And when I'm, when I'm writing a story, I hear his voice in the back of my head all the time about, you know, do I, do I have the facts here? Can I really put this out there? Um, is it truthful? Is it honest? Is it going to be damaging? Um, and if so, is it, is it worth telling the story? Is it going to hurt somebody or is it going to help somebody? So, um, you know, working and leading other students in, in that department, it, it was very fulfilling. And I would recommend that anybody, um, any aspiring journalist join their chapter of SPJ because of the opportunities and, and the ability to refine your skills as a reporter. Wow. Yeah. I am part of the NHJ, not the SPJ, and I really think that um, coming to the meetings, organizing the meetings for the students is something so important and something people can take so much out of it and bring to their academic life, their professional lives, their personal lives even sometimes. And I feel like those clubs and those uh, journalism societies they are so important, and sometimes they are taken so much for granted by the students, which makes me sad a little bit, because some people are like, oh, yeah, we know that there's, like, this club, but I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's it's sad sometimes. Yeah, I would definitely recommend, and it's, one, it's something that I've always said, that getting involved in your school, especially in an area in the an area that pertains to the field that you do want to ultimately get into, that's the best thing you can do for yourself. Um, not only for resume building and showing leadership and showing that you, you, you can take initiative and that you are involved with extracurricular activities, but also the, just the networking aspects for you and for yourself. Um, there's so many benefits that come with it. It really, it really is, is kind of like, you know, um, a no-brainer you really should be getting involved and you know especially when you're working in the industry um, professionals want to see what you've done and my for me on my resume having having these listed really helped me get recognition and also helped to set me apart uh, but definitely taking advantage of those opportunities especially when you're in school is really one of the smartest things you can do yeah yes oh my gosh yeah, I love that we are all on the same page here. Your advices and just like your experience is probably going to be very um, inspiring and motivating to 
others listening to this podcast, aspiring journalists, finishing school, starting school. Hey listeners, I have a great news for you. I'm here to incentivize you to create your own podcast just like me. I couldn't think of a better partner than Buzzsprout and I recommend them for you as a beginner in podcasting. Buzzsprout can help you with publishing your own podcasting every major platform such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify and iHeartRadio. They also automatically publish on your personalized website and they give you all the statistics in detail that you want. To start your own podcast and to win a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the instructions on the link in my show notes. If I can do it, you can do it too. Good luck on creating your very own podcast. I wanted to talk something that I saw on your LinkedIn that I thought it was really fun. It's there that you are a founder, CEO, MMJ of KLE Media. Can you talk more about it? Yeah, <laughs> that was another, actually, as soon as I graduated, I just started my own media company because, you know, I was like, I'm going to go out, I'm going to cover the stories I want to do, and I'm going to build my own channel while I'm looking for the right job. And, um, and I kind of was taking my time because I had to find a position where I could work in the LA market was really the only option for me. And I know that sounds crazy, but because I am a single mother and I have children, I don't have the luxury of relocating and picking up and moving to South Dakota. My kids are established and I, 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 I vowed and I made a vow not to upset their lives. So I started KLA Media, which stands for Crystal Lorraine Adler, which is KLA are my initials. And I said, you know what, I'm going to start my own media company. But I, like I said, I was swooped up right away and was able to get a job to where I I only had one story <laughs> um, that I was able to put on the channel so uh, which is a, which is a great thing and that was the goal right so but that was a venture of mine and I and like I said I started I had my own logo made I was gonna go out I was gonna do my own freelance reporting and KLA media um, really didn't even get a chance to get launched because I was able to be part I, I became part of my heart media and um, and that, but that was the ultimate goal. And uh, so I got very lucky there, but thanks for bringing that up. I, I really appreciate that. Of course, that is so cool. I feel like it's a way better version of my podcast because right here is just like my one show period. But uh, oh my gosh, that, that would be something that you would love to go back to once you're a little more um, established in the, in the industry. Yeah, you know, and possibly, but right now what I'm doing is I'm kind of venturing and pitching my own ideas to KFI News and starting my own little series. Right now I'm starting my own series uh, on a missing boy up in the Central Coast that was washed away in floodwaters and still hasn't been found. So I kind of made that story uh, my own little area. And now I have my own uh, website up, uh, my own page rather, on the website and it's something that's in the works right now. So I'm trying to cultivate different things within KFI, branching, branching, extending my branches in KFI as a KFI reporter. Um, but yeah, KLA Media is something that you know will I will always have, and something that I can always fall back on um, if anything ever ever happens. You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I hope it. I hope it goes well. That you know, 
ultimately all of your dreams in journalism they become like something uh, concrete and also lastly I saw that you are an event specialist volunteer for American Red Cross how does that work yeah so I actually I was a volunteer over a decade ago but I was also an avid blood donor and um, used to donate blood regularly for the Red Cross and it was something that I you know, was really passionate about and still am, but I just don't have the time to, to volunteer, you know, especially with kids. But it was something when I, when I didn't have kids, I was, I was a part of, and, you know, philanthropy and um, volunteer work is something that I am very passionate about. Um, And if I wasn't working in journalism, I would probably doing some, be doing some kind of philanthropy work or public assistance work and just helping people uh, who need help, you know, and because I know what it's like to need help. I know what that feels like. And if I can help ease and comfort someone who's going through something difficult, um, that has always been rewarding to me. And so I've always been interested in doing volunteer work or an emergency preparedness work. And, uh, but yeah, I, and I love the Red Cross. It's such a good cause so many great things you can do and it's something I recommend if you can get involved that I highly recommend that you do would you think of doing anything with journalism and the Red Cross uh together maybe in the future definitely definitely and the Red Cross is you know a lot of times especially when there's major disasters there uh the Red Cross is there on scene and so they work you know journalism and Red Cross do tend to intersect quite often and um, and that yeah, and that's a really great question, and you know, to look into that and see you know what we could do and how we could collaborate in the future, and um, that is something I would certainly be open to. Do you have any regrets um, since you ever started studying journalism? I don't. I have no regrets. Um, everything for me happened the way that it was supposed to happen. I used to be down on myself and think, gosh, I'm so behind. I'm 35 years old and I'm in a, in class in a classroom with 22 year olds and I feel really like just really behind here. And, you know, and I was very critical of myself, but um, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. And, you know, we may never understand that, like the way that the plan works, but life just has a way of working out. And in my life, it certainly has. And, um, you know, having this, this offer at KFI News, if this would have come even one year ago or two years ago, I wouldn't have been ready for it. And, um, and you know, I had to have my kids and get established. And I am in the perfect position in my life to be a reporter, a full-time reporter for iHeartMedia. So I have no regrets. I am happy. And I am right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Wow. Do you have any advice for students graduating right now and entering the industry? Yeah, I would make yourself, set yourself apart, pick up a phone and call somebody. Don't just send your resume and give them a call when you send your resume and let them know who you are, what your goals are and let them hear your voice, you know, um, try to set up an interview and just introduce yourself and let them know, Hey, this is, you know, I'm applying for the position. But I, you know, if you don't have anything available, but if you have something else available later on, please let me know. Um, this is a very, very competitive field. And you've got to try to, you've got to really find your own voice and 
find something that really works for you and make it your own and run with it. But get involved and really, 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 to really be successful, you really have to make yourself stand apart, stand stand apart from others. You know, like I said, this is a very competitive field and there's going to be a hundred people knocking at the door right behind you if you don't, if you don't want the job. So it's, you know, it to, to really, to really get the industry to be on your side, you really have to do something outside of the box. And so I encourage you to think about that. And for me, mine was investigative journalism. I think, you know, not a lot of reporters really want to go in depth in a story and they kind of want to just do the surface reporting and be done with it. And that's perfectly fine. But for me, especially when it's a, a serious topic, I, I want to know, I want to take a closer look and I want to dive into it, as, especially if there's, a, if there's an injustice going on. So for me, mine was investigative journalism. And so I would encourage you to find yours, whatever your niche is. I would say definitely try to tap into that. I love this. Thank you so much. That was so insightful. So good to hear. And unfortunately, our time is kind of up. So we're going to have to wrap up. And Chris, I want to thank you so much for being here, being one of my guests. The first one after I hit my first milestone with this podcast. So thank you so much for being here in season three. And for all of my listeners, I'll see you guys on the next episode.